Welcome to the CTG Nation podcast, episode 23. It's Father's Day 2021. Hope everybody enjoyed it. Here in the Southeast, it's been absolutely soaking wet. Um, I had my babies the whole time. Everybody that I know had a great Father's Day weekend. So just like my Mother's Day episode, um, we're going to get into what what it means to be a dad and a father. Well, more specifically, a dad. Like anybody can be a father, but then it, you got to take it to the next level to be to be called dad or or daddy. And we mean that in the sense of your actual children, not you know somebody you're dating calling you daddy or whatever. So I'm going to start with what Father's Day is and kind of like where it came from. So, Father's Day is the celebration of the paternal bond and is observed on the third Sunday of June. Uh, this year it was the 20th. Um, the day is to express appreciation and, and acknowledge the role of the father figure in children's lives and in society as a whole. And we've already hit on this in a couple episodes where if people, I mean, to put it pretty straightforward, if people had uh, more if they had their father in their life or if they had strong father figures, um, the world would not be as much of a shit show as it is now. And that's just that's just an opinion. I mean, I know there's been turmoil forever regardless of, you know, father figures in the home, you know, a thousand years ago or two thousand years ago. Because, um, I mean, we've been fighting and killing and committing crimes against each other forever. Uh, you know, if you have... You know, if you're atheist or if you're a Christian or whatever religion or whoever you believe in, right? So, um, in its formal form, kind of Father's Day, now this isn't like federally through the United States, but it's formally been kind of celebrated since um, since the Middle Ages. And of course, it has some, some religious roots to it. Um, but it's just pretty much honoring fathers and their traditional roles um, in the house, uh, in the community, at work. Um, we've been getting getting away from that a lot now with, um, you know, with there being less fathers in the home or father figures in people's lives. You know, uh, mothers are, gonna, are having to step up more and, and not even necessarily... Um, I mean, it, it goes both ways. Like you have single fathers raising children and doing both roles. And then you have single mothers, um, trying to fill both roles. Um, and as hard, you know, as hard as they work at it, it's never going to be the best scenario. A mother will never be able to, to 100% replace a legitimate father figure. And then a the man is never going to be able to replace everything that a mother presi- or uh, you know provides for for children. So, for this one, since I am a dad, and I pull a lot of how uh, you know I'm raising my girls now, and even kind of help. Uh, and talk to younger people in the community, I've pulled from 
from multiple father figures. You know, I have a dad. My dad has been present forever, even though my parents got divorced. Uh, so <clears throat> kind of my core four are my dad, my biological dad, um, my grandpa, which is his dad, my pawpaw, which is my mother's father. Um, not biological, but he's always been there from the beginning, and I'll get into that when I get to him and how he stepped up as a man to adopt my mother. Um, and then my stepdad. So I've, I've known my stepdad since 2001 and then he married my mother in 2002. So he's been around the most on a constant basis since I was 12. So I'm going to get into those four, um, and kind of present how I've pulled from all four of those to being a good dad and uh, father figure, maybe, um, and then even even just a leader in you know in my workspace and in people that I've met in the Marine Corps, um, people I deal with in business, and people I deal with in the first responder realm. So, first I'll hit on my dad. Uh, so, like I said, they, my parents got divorced when I was in elementary school. Um, it was very weird for those first couple years where it was like, okay, was there visitation? Was there no visitation? Uh, you know, what, what, what role did my dad want to do and, and participate in and his personal feelings of, you know, coming out of a failed marriage and having to do the visitation and all that after, you know, he did not experience that with his mom and dad, you know, my grandpa and grandpa. Um, so, I mean, as I get older, like that gets fuzzier of like, Hey, would he pick us up and take us to school? Would he come to my games? Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't remember like the regular pattern of him being around. Um, but we were still in the same town within the same state. I mean, same state, same town. Um, so I still saw him very regularly. He still came by my, uh, you know, the apartment that me and my mom and my sister were living in. Um, so he was still, still very, very present, but I think he was kind of going, he was kind of going through his own shit after a divorce. Um, so, I mean, those first couple years, <clears throat> um, I mean, I definitely remember just him always getting up, going to work. I, I just always remember him loving and being around my mom, which is good to see. Um, I mean, normal, it just seemed like normal life. I mean, I was never, I mean, they got divorced when I was like seven or eight. So, I mean, how much of that I could like comprehend and, you know, oh, were they fighting? Was it a good relationship or a bad relationship or, you know, who knows? And I mean, over the years, you know, my mom will say certain things about it and try to coach me in my personal life. And then my dad will say some things sometimes and I don't know, whatever. He was always around. I don't, I have a great relationship with him. He sees my babies. He sees, uh, you know, his other, his other grandbaby from, from my sister. Um, so, but his main roles in my life kind of developed more 
after actually after my mom got remarried in 2002 um and we moved away to Georgia for a couple years and uh it's almost like and I know he did try to kind of uh I know in some capacity he fought to keep us in state um you know my mom will say one thing he'll say one thing I'll never know it doesn't really matter um but because of the well, there goes Apollo barking at something as always when I'm recording. So he, uh, and almost like it's, it made him, my dad, it made him step up after my mom got remarried and, and we moved away. We were about four to five hours away. Um, and it, it, visitation was not set up as like every other week because the distance was so far. So every other weekend, which is like the most common kind of visitation schedule. Which I personally do kind of default with my babies just because of our work schedule and the rotating 223 or Panama schedule. Um. So he really started stepping up then, and he got refocused on his Air Force career. Um, about the same time all that started ki- getting kicked off, so he just, I know for him, he had more purpose with us moving away from him and then him reintegrating into um, active duty Air Force, or at least being on active orders while in the reserve at that time. Um, so we're looking at like... 2001 uh, up. Um, So he kind of went on active orders there for damn near another decade um, after, after we moved around, after we moved to Georgia. So his role is being the educator. Um, He's very big into politics or he is very big into politics he is very big on the history um, and making sure that me and my sister understood or at least know where to go to understand the what's going on in the world, why you know our country is doing this, why the stock market did that. Um, so I always remember he would send us these big these big ass manila envelopes of uh the newspaper here in Columbia and um, the the Daily Gamecock from uh, from USC. So we were always up to date on like what was going on, you know, back home because Columbia has and always will be kind of our home. Even though I've moved around in different parts of the state, we moved to Georgia. You know, my sister, uh, you know, uh, married a guy on active duty. You know, so they they they're doing their moving around. So we were always kept in the loop. Um, he's always bought us books. He literally has books all all over, and that that's one thing that all of all of my father figures, all of them have had. They all have books and books and books and books. Um, you know, some of them will be more military specific. Some of them would be more, uh, you know, fictitious in nature. Um, like all my grandpa's stuff, he was all about aviation cause he was an aviator in the army for decades. 
Um, but yeah, I would just describe my dad and his role as just being the educator and keeping us, keeping us in the now. Um, and we still talked on the phone as much as possible. Um, and then my mom was never, uh, petty in any way, shape or form of, uh, you know, if we could go to Columbia for a couple of weeks or go for the weekend so we could go to some Carolina games and see dad and see grandma and grandpa and whoever may have been visiting here in Columbia at the time. Um, so my mom was never, you know, petty or, or bitchy or whatever we want to call it. And then as I got, you know, a little bit older, we would have, uh, you know, I just remember having late night conversations at my, at my grandparents' house and that's where we, we would just stay there. Um, sometimes we'd go back to his apartment, but we would always just end up at grandma and grandpa's. Um, and I mean, we would just have, you know, some late night conversations over, uh, over, over some bourbon. Um, I would always, so I actually grew up before I started drinking, uh, you know, at all. And then before I figured out what I liked drinking, I actually fixed like my family members drinks. So say whatever you want about that. We came from a drinking German military officer family. Sorry. Um, I would always fix my dad. We called him, we called it the Timmy G cause that's his, that's his name. And, uh, but all it is, is, uh, it's bourbon and Coke, half and half crushed ice has to be, has to be crushed ice. Um, and we always made it with like the cheapest bourbon that was in the house too. It was hilarious, but he, but he loved it. Um, but yeah. So, but I mean, as we got older, I just remember having those kind of late night conversations whenever we were, um, whenever we were visiting and, but yeah, so for him, current events, politics, um, anything that had to do with the university, which both of, you know, me and my sister ended up going to the university of South Carolina, just like he did. So it's kind of the, the core role of, of my dad, my biological dad. Next one, um, my grandpa, so that's my dad's father. Um, I've said this for a long time. Once I, once I kind of figured out that I was more similar to my grandfather than I was to my actual father in the sense of, uh, just, I don't know, my sense of adventure and sports, um, just he he was just a little grittier. I mean, he was a he was a pilot in Vietnam, and he was proud of his service. But then he was also humble about his service. Um, and I was also more similar to my grandfather in the sense of uh, I mean, I liked building and fixing things growing up. So I I always thought I was going to be you know some type of engineer or something growing up. But then I figured out that I I don't know how to math very well. <clears throat> so. Unfortunately, I did not, um, my grandpa passed away in 2009, which, um, I was actually not even, uh, it was my senior year. Um, so he had the biggest impact, even though he left my life first. 
Um, I think the most important was how humble he was and how well he communicated with different parts of the family. And kind of after that, it was very evident that my grandfather was the glue of my family because of his very calm, middle-of-the-road um, demeanor. Um, and I mean, I, I get worked up sometimes, and, you know, I do it more for comedic effect most of the time. <laughs> but uh, I, I kind of get that from my grandpa, and he's pretty humble about, uh, or he was very humble about his service, but if he could kind of help somebody out with his experiences to, you know, if he could tell, you know, me or one of my cousins or, you know, somebody within like the family friends, uh, that he could help out from his experience. So they didn't have to have a negative experience. Uh, he would do that. Um, yeah, just great communicator, very giving glue of the family, just very, very impactful for me and how I conduct myself as, as a man and a dad now. Uh, going down the line would be my pawpaw, which is kind of a southern term. Uh, that's my mother's dad. Uh, not biological, um, but my papa married my uh mama when when my mom was very young uh down in mississippi and got my mom used to the active duty it was active duty air force life so by the time i came along he was already retired uh down on the gulf coast uh of mississippi so i just know you know just like with my grandpa i just know my older retired you know, Pawpaw, not when he was, was a badass in the Air Force and did, uh, did some high speed stuff that he can't, uh, really talk about. But my, my experience with my Pawpaw was more of me just observing how he just operated as a man, just, just, just in life. He always, uh, he always drove, uh, he always, you know, paid for everybody's food. Um, he was very, uh, like very OCD and neat and, and just, just pretty militaristic, but not mean in the sense of militaristic, just very, just very disciplined. He always got up at the same time. He was always up before everybody else. You'd shower and shave and be clean shaved every single day. Uh, you know, took care of his house took care of his car. Um, and he, he's, he's still around and he is like my image of my pawpaw has not changed since I can remember to being 30 now. Um, and honestly, he hasn't even really slowed down that much. Um, I was actually still pretty terrified of him until pretty recently. Uh, cause he, he grew up um, he grew up in athletics in, in, in Indiana, uh, very like raised on the farm, like, you know, forearms as big as your legs, but he only, he only stood at like, 
I guess before he started getting that like shrinking, the old man shrinking thing, <laughs> he was probably like five eight, but he played ball and uh, I think he played strong safety uh, in high school and in college a little bit. And he was just a stout athletic dude. Like I saw pictures of him, like when he was, uh, you know, drill sergeant or whatever they call it in the air force, like back in the day when the air force was hard and he, he was a badass. Um, so, and he's still around and I mean, he's over 80 now. So some of the, some of the conversations are more spread out, maybe not as deep as they used to be, you know, if you don't, catch him on a good day or a strong day or something, but <clears throat> he's still around and we still have conversations from time to time, you know, me being a dad now and being out of the military and, and all that. So next is going to be my stepdad. Um, so all four of these men, first of all, all four of these men for me, like we're different spokes of the wheel that, you know, makes me like the man that I am now, um, you know, be it a good or bad, uh, you know, ex-fiance, boyfriend, father, uh, son, brother, um, you know, I try to do my best in all of those from my experience and my exposure to these, these four men, right? So my stepdad, he was around the most day-to-day basis, um, you know, from, from 2002 to, uh, I mean, basically like when I graduated from high school, maybe that first year or two in college when I was like still coming home a good bit. And He taught me a lot kind of from his, from his failures because he was a rowdy kid growing up, you know, wrecked multiple Mustangs, uh, dropped out of Georgia Southern, um, got into banking young, then went into sales. And then he was a very established salesman by the time he met my mom um, and kind of his career and his family kind of took us to Georgia. So... I had the most, like I said, most day-to-day interactions with him. So he was the one you'd talk to with, like, stuff that would happen, like, that day. You know, you couldn't call dad. The other the other three men in my life, I would have had to call them, you know, back in the day. Like, it was like a house phone. <clears throat> and uh, so I'm going to have had a problem with school, like an immediate problem with school, with girls. You know, he would tell me some of, some of his experiences and... Um, And I would just kind of learn off of those because he, he didn't have any military background. So he's the only one out of the four with zero military, zero first responder uh, experience. Um, so like I said, it was just a different, it's a different source, different source for, to make me more of a, like a complete man and a complete dad. It's just like in a, <clears throat> in a paper where you have to have multiple sources. I remember like like writing papers when you had to do your bibliography for your AP style or FMLA or whatever format you had to write your papers in and you had to have multiple sources. Um, I remember even having to have, you'd have to have a source, you'd have to have a printed source. It had to come from a newspaper. 
and then you had to have, you know, one from the internet in some capacity. Um, that's kind of how this is, these three men combined with the, the fifth element of my experience is kind of the bibliography of my, the, the whole paper of me being a man and a dad. Um, and I mean, and then his interactions with my mom, well, I mean, all, all four of them, their interactions with my mom, like you see that, how they talk, uh, you know, to your mom or other women in their life. And, um, so, I mean, I don't know, was some of it good and bad? Yeah, I'm sure there was good and bad. Um, but like I said, you try to combine all of those and try to be the best that you can be on the other side of that. Um, and then I want to hit on, I, I call them micro exposures to, I mean, you see other father figures in, in your life or maybe not, maybe not even father figures, but just like people that you want to emulate. And most of the time for females, it's other females. And for men, it's other, for other young men, it's other men. And, you know, that can be, uh, you know, bosses at work. I remember my first boss at IGA will always have a big impact on me and how he, you know, dealt with things and problems in the workplace. And then, you know, you'll have certain uncles that, you know, maybe you had an uncle or an older cousin that, you know, was in a different branch of the military or in a different career field or lived in a different part of the country. And you just get that different aspect, that different little nugget of knowledge that you can kind of plug into yourself to make you better. Um, so for me, I would say is probably, it would probably be between uncles and coaches who had the next kind of the biggest level of impact on me. Um, cause I played as many sports as I could growing up. I mean, there was, there was one, there was a year or two in middle school where my mom was like, you're literally trying out for too much stuff. Like you're not focused on anything and you're not getting on this one team. You're not getting on the next one. And then like, it, it was, um, it was like that for a couple of years till I got kind of narrowed into what I, what I really wanted to do. Um, so I'm going to play football the most and ran track the most track was my number one, uh, which might surprise people with how bad I am at, at long distance running. But in, in track track, I was, pretty, pretty decent. And I, I, and I enjoyed it the most. Um, I can't really think of any like specific stories, but you just see how men carried themselves and how they talked to people and how they talked to their significant other and, you know, how they, uh, interacted with their children and just is a lot of, a lot of observing. There was a lot of years growing up where I was just a lot of observing from, uh, you know, being the new kid at a school, having a new stepdad, living in a new place. Uh, it's just a lot of observing there for a few years that I don't know, maybe like some kids just don't even think about, or maybe they're in such a stable environment, they don't think about it, or they're in such a chaotic environment that they're just trying to survive, uh, which is, you know, what we see a lot in law enforcement and some, some children's unfortunate, you know, circumstances that they can't help. Um, so kind of my key takeaway 
key takeaway from the men that impacted me and how I observe them as, as fathers um, and leaders in the household and, and in the community is don't, don't pigeonhole yourself into one thing or just like, oh, this is the way daddy always did it. And I mean, you will see patterns in a lot of our conversations um, where this is just my outlook on life. This is also Bobby's outlook on life, like, and, and, and Kyle's. That's why, that is why we are best friends and we made a business together and a podcast together. Um, because why just pull from one source? You're just limiting your knowledge and potential as fill in the blank. If it's career oriented, personally oriented, um, you know, pull from those sources, pull from multiple people, different exposures, different experiences. And as I was kind of writing out the outline of this, and, and this is going to be, this is going to be kind of a short episode because I don't have anybody to bounce these ideas off of right now. Cause it's just busy middle of the summer, you know, training and work schedules. But for, so for some people, that might seem overwhelming. So for me personally, I like having, I, I like having all these options and, and uh, looking at all these experiences and oh, hey, this is this is some Air Force experience, uh, you know, this is some business experience, this is some banking experience, this is some construction experience. This is some, you know, experience from somebody that grew up in the Midwest, somebody that grew up in the South. Um, for some people, that might seem overwhelming. And if, like, you're a younger dude or gal listening, or, or if this is kind of a idea that, that y'all can take to, you know, to, to use it on a young man or woman in your life... It can be overwhelming, so maybe just pick, just make sure, or kind of direct that person, or, or if you're doing this yourself, think about it, you know, just go, just pick a role model that's a, a real role model, like not LeBron James, um, like pick somebody that's like in your community, in your church, in your school, um, and then kind of build off of that. Um, because you're going to do stuff different over time. Just how like, oh, when I grow up, I'm not going to do this to my kids or whatever. And you're going to, you know, my my parenting style, I'm sure, is different than what my mom's and dad's were growing up. And that, I mean, that's even evident now, um, you know, whenever I take my girls to visit my mom where I do stuff different than she does. I'm like, mom, like why just what mom, why are you doing that? Like, don't, you know, don't do that. Like you can't, you know, just different way, ways we raise our kids and how we got to kind of maneuver around, you know, kids and their personalities. And it's like, all right, you know, how do I make sure that, uh, I mean, you got to think like all this stuff with the kids and, it's actually really exhausting when I have, you know, the twins and Apollo with me and I'm traveling and I'm just like, I'm like on alert, like on all time. So like when I go to sleep, when I have them, like I am gone. Um, 
because like I said, I'm so just alert when I have my babies. Um, then you think of just like, oh, like they got to go to the bathroom more than me. You know, sometimes we're kind of in the pull-ups, no pull-ups kind of phase. It's like, okay, I need to make sure that they, you know, go to the bathroom before we hit the road and you know, make sure they don't drink too much. Like if they have, if I give them a drink in the car, they're going to down that thing and have to pee in 20 minutes. Um, and they're already girls. So they got to pee every 20 minutes anyway. <laughs> like, um, you gotta think about, <laughs> you gotta think about all that stuff. Um, so there's my rabbit hole the episode. Um, <laughs> but just try to pull from all those sources so you can be the best man and best parent possible. And in this case, the best father possible. I don't have any, uh, I feel like my mother's episode was a little better. Like I had some, I had some good scripture in there, uh, for any of my, any of my Bible people out there. Um, and then I had kind of a, a good comparison with like the Spartans and stuff like that. Um, I tried finding some stuff online comparing the roles of, of mothers and fathers and more of like the nature versus nurture. I didn't really find one that I liked. I thought I knew uh, one out there that I liked, but um, I think one of the... I really do believe that the, the nature and nurture uh, balance of being a mother and a father, like the nurture side is the mom side and the nature side is the dad side. So I think just the biggest thing I would tell dads was like, you have to be the realist. Not saying that moms like don't live in reality. And that's not what I'm saying. I'm not discriminating against mothers or saying that mothers do something wrong. Cause it's a balance. It's that, it's that yin and yang, like white and black that comes together. I a hundred percent believe in that. But you have to have both or you're going to be offset. So I think for the for a father, you got to be a realist. Um, you have to go off of experience. You got to show how somebody to walk. You got to show them how to how to walk through life and maneuver through life. Not necessarily pave the road in front of them, but just like how to maneuver around obstacles, you know, maneuver around failures. Um, and I think another big thing that I, that I talked about with all four of my influences was, you know, showing your kids or people that you have an impact on, like show them, um, you know, you have to show, that's the biggest thing. Show them, show them responsibility, show them, you know, being a giving person, being a loving person. Show people, you know, lo- loving your kids, loving your loving your significant other, man, woman. It doesn't. It technically does not matter. Um. So I think it's more of that in reality and show me mentality. That is going to help society if fathers step up and do their damn job. Okay. So that's, uh, that's all I got. Like I said, I had to do another, another solo episode. Um, didn't get too deep into it because I wanted to speak more of just 
me being a dad and my experiences and where I, where I pulled, you know, how I operate now, my sources that I pulled from to, to, to make me a dad and, and hopefully a half decent dad and a half decent leader now. Um, hope you all enjoyed it. If you want me to expand on anything down the road, maybe I can revisit it. Um, you know, when Bobby gets back in town, uh, get more into just the specifics of fatherhood or, or, or with Kyle, or I could probably have another sit down with John because John has like a basketball team of kids, um, already. Love you, John, if you're listening. Um, so yeah, if it sucked, let me know. If you liked it, let me know. Um, we're going to get some more ideas, you know, put on paper, uh, down the road for, uh, when our, when, our schedule lines up with Kyle, uh, in the next coming weeks. And then when, when Bobby gets back into town, um, and of course we're kind of getting into a, a, a current events kind of episode every week. Um, a big thing for our kind of community and workspace, uh, Mike, the cop and, uh, and Tansy from drinking bros came out with a great podcast. They're only they only have one episode, like the, the trailer, like put them in the top 100. And then, then I listened to the episode on the drive back, uh, from visiting with the babies. Um, it's called failure to stop. And that's part of the drinking bros neck. Well, it's like half drinking bros network. And, but then it's on, uh, Mike, the cops stuff, which is like Mike, the cop is, I don't know. Anybody that's listening to this is going to know who Mike, the cop is. If you don't, you've been living under a rock and he's, basically kind of the best kind of real humble slash funny, uh, cop like influencer out there. Um, I don't have his numbers right in front of me, but I think like on YouTube, he has like 50 million people like on YouTube, um, like insane numbers. Um, so over like drinking bros with like Ross Patterson and, and, tetherball academy and that whole network they got going like they picked like literally the best guy possible and then uh stanzi who's from the raleigh area has like the craziest stories uh of all time so it's a it's a good combination um and another good source for um for first responders and more specifically just law enforcement um I i believe they're doing more of like a breakdown uh, week to week, they're just going to do one episode a week right now on, uh, on like actual incidences that happen and they're going to break it down like to the nth degree of like the George Floyd case and, um, and some other cases that we've kind of hit on in this, in these podcasts and these episodes. Um, some of them we got deep into some of them we don't, I mean, we're still kind of dancing around it a little bit because, Everybody that I've had on or that we've had on this podcast is still in the game where both of the both of them are out of the game now. Um, you know, retired, fired, quit, whatever you want to call it. Um, they are former law enforcement where all of us are current law enforcement or firefighters or service members. Um, so we got to dance around a little bit more, but we all work for great departments that, you know, as long as we don't say anything stupid, like they're going to respect our experiences, our first amendment and all that to deliver a good product and real product and just 
you know, kind of get behind the humanizing the badge kind of stance of things. Um, as always, make sure to like, share, and subscribe to all of our material. Uh, the five the five stars and reviews on all the podcast platforms is kind of the biggest thing right now. Um, I know some people subscribe and then some people don't get on IG, but whatever whatever platform you have, just make sure to like and follow us on each one of those. And if it is something that you can do a five star, like on Apple on Apple Podcasts, like I use. Give us that five star. Um, even if you're lying, it's just like a click of a button. <laughs> so, um, and then we still got the everything up on Spotify. Um, we did a little sneak peek again of uh, some of the logo designs we're going to be coming out with. And then, of course, there's always stuff on there that we can drop ship to y'all um, immediately if you want some swag. All right, guys. Hope you enjoyed it.